0: sorry about that so <laughs> I mentioned something last time I said I tend to think human beings are fundamentally decent and I think that deserves a little more thought this is not an attempt to convince you I, I, you know in general I don't think it's it's possible for people to convince other people they have to convince themselves but it's just an attempt for me to lay out my thoughts, or at least my current thinking. Anyways, a long time ago, I was watching a talk by Sam Harris that, <laughs> that really pissed me off. And he was talking about how science and religion are incompatible. And I thought that was only partially correct. I think it's correct when you talk about organized religion, when you talk about religion as an institution. Institutions protect themselves. They evolve based on natural selection. Those institutions that don't make their own survival key don't survive. So the ones that are left are the ones that protect themselves. What kind of ideas, or, or memes, which are sort of, you know, the idea is sort of memes are analogous to genes only in, in the realm of ideas. What kind of memes would aid a religious institution? And the main one that you see, again, a sort of across cross-organized religion is the idea of faith. Faith makes a religion immune to evidence. It It inoculates true believers against evidence. Even more, I would say, I feel that evidence against religion or against any ideology actually becomes evidence for the ideology. Because when someone believes something totally, when their mind is made up, contradictory information doesn't change their mind. It makes them double down and so in a very strange way, if you're arguing against someone, you're probably cementing their beliefs. So I think Sam is right that science and organized religion are incompatible because science is based on evidence. It's based on the observation of that evidence while the institution of religion is based on faith, which is the denial of evidence. However, the institution is not at the heart of what religion means. The heart of religion is in its teachings. That's the core. And the teachings of every religion are the same. And I would argue the core teaching of every religion is the golden rule. So that sounds nice, but is it actually true? So I went online and spent you know, two minutes trying to figure it out. And I found this website that basically, for a bunch of different religions, lists their version of the golden rule. Hinduism. One should always treat others as they themselves wish to be treated. Zoroastrianism. Whatever is disagreeable to you, do not do unto others. Confucianism. What you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. Judaism. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's religion. Let's look at science for a second. There's, there's a branch of, I don't even know, math, economics, called game theory, where you and someone else are negotiating, but you're doing it sort of in the blind. You don't know what the other person is going to choose. And there's a specific game within game theory called the prisoner's dilemma, where each party can either cooperate or they can betray or defect, right? So cooperate or defect. And if you both cooperate, everyone's better off. If you both betray, No one's better off, obviously. But if one person cooperates and the other betrays, the betrayer really makes out. And the quote, you know, sort of naive cooperator does badly. Well, this game appears to encourage betrayal. It's you know, in a single game of this sort, it's always a better strategy to to betray. But here's the rub. Life isn't a single game. You play innumerable games over time with many people. And there is a strategy that can be deployed in that situation within Prisoner's Dilemma that cannot be beaten. It can't be displaced by any other strategy. It can't be invaded. Guess which strategy is optimal? The Golden Rule which is cooperation as long as the other person cooperates. And even if they betray you, occasionally you give them another chance. Within game theory, this is called tit for tat with forgiveness. And it was introduced by a couple guys called Anatole Rappaport and Robert Axelrod. And this strategy has another name in in biology. It's called reciprocal altruism. And it was introduced earlier even by a guy named Robert Trivers. Now, under reciprocal altruism, everyone wins. And this, this approach, cooperating as long as the other person cooperates, Well, that underlies modern society. So now we have two approaches, the approach of religion and the approach of science. The approach of religion is the golden rule. And I think it's fair to say that religion is the golden rule, A, because it's a universal discovery by every religion. And second, just by its survival, what Taleb would call the Lindy Law. Because the Golden Rule is a trait of all the surviving religions, that means there's something robust about it. The second thing is that within science, you have reciprocal altruism. And that's the same idea, it's, it's, um, it's survived, it's been chosen by natural selection. So here you have two approaches which are the same, coming at the same problem you know, human society from different angles and reaching the same conclusion. And they're both, you know, quote, true in the sense that they work, they work for humans. So not only do I disagree with Sam Harris, not only do I believe that religion and science are compatible, but I think they both show that human beings are fundamentally good. I will give two caveats to this, however. The first is that if you have anarchy, if you have chaos, where no one is trustworthy, where betrayal is the norm, then this reciprocal altruism, this tit for tat with forgiveness won't work. Everyone's always betraying. So cooperation can't catch on and spread. Culture has to promote cooperation. And we're blessed to live in such a culture and I don't think we should take that for granted. Second, second caveat, I mentioned this before, but if a game is one shot, if every interaction is just that interaction and you never see that person again, no one ever finds out what happened, then the dominant strategy is betray. It is defect, which means it's vital to have an indeterminate number of interactions so that the future interactions cast a shadow. It's more important for the future value of cooperation to be high so that you don't just value the short-term payoff from defecting today. And this is known as the iterated prisoner's dilemma. It encourages cooperation. Now, in a tribe that we lived in for a long time, you know, Dunbar's number is 150, this was easy. Everyone knew everyone. We knew who was trustworthy. Now today, it's harder, but we've come to find ways of determining who's trustworthy and not. We call it character or reputation. And without it, the basic altruism necessary for civilization crumbles. I go full circle. We evolved to be good. Our character is fundamentally decent. But it does require the right kind of circumstances. And I think we're in those right now. I I hope we don't lose them. Anyways, I have to bail, but I'll catch you later.